0: The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg, I'm Rob Steele, and the prevailing theme for this show is going to be why (laughs) it just, it's that kind of a week. I mean, it's, let's start off with the really depressing stuff. We had some, uh, some big name people leave this particular realm of reality this week. Yes, we did. Um and it, yes, I am going to include Hank Aaron on our list because he was on the Andy Griffith show. There you go, as himself, but it counts. Uh, Larry King has left us. Uh, Mira Ferlin, who is uh, very popular on Babylon Five and Lost, is gone. Gregory Sierra, who I, I, I'll admit I thought he was already gone, but uh, from Barney Miller and oh gosh, yeah. uh, Sanford and Son, which. Admittedly, I had not put him together as the same guy. For some reason, I thought those were different actors. I don't know why. Um, the odd thing, though, is that none of them died of COVID, or at least they, that's what they've announced so far. There right, might have been.
1: Larry King had COVID, but it was way back in December. I No, it was earlier than that, and they're not. They haven't stated it was COVID, and he had so many health problems. I mean, jeez.
0: Yeah, what, Mira Furland died of, what is it, East Nile disease or something?
1: Oh, I hadn't heard what, what she passed from. So, Which was just
0: crazy. The kind of thing you go, how the hell did you end up with that? Um, but that's all sad, and I'm very dis- annoyed that they're gone now. Yep. But it is a good segue into the movies that have been pushed back, starting with Ghostbusters. That's a horrible segue, but I'm going to yeah, use yeah. it. It's been pushed yeah, the first what? month. Ago. Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was ready to go in July 2020, has been pushed back to November 11th, 2021? The, that's a year and a half, folks.
1: No, yeah, well, at or least a year still.
0: It was done. Yeah,
1: and that's what we're seeing because so many movies are pushed back because... Theaters weren't open, and a lot of theaters still aren't. Like, for instance, here, where I live, down in South Florida, no theaters open. So, you know, they uh, don't want to make movies for free. They want to make money, which is their job, after all. So everything is getting shoved back.
0: Including the next Bond movie, No Time to Die, because apparently they can't figure out when they want this to come out. Yep, No Time to Release. No Time to Release. Uh, That seems to be the big one. If you've heard about a movie... That was supposed to have come out any time in the last 18 months. They've all been pushed back. I'm not going to go through all the dates because it's ridiculous. And yep. they're all going to change again anyway. So yep. look up your individual movies. They've all changed.
1: Yeah, and keep, check, keep checking your streaming sources every Friday because something may pop up that you weren't expecting.
0: Entirely possible.
1: Because they they are changing all those deals. On a weekly basis, too. So,
0: see, we actually have a, an answer to the why for that one. I don't have an answer for the why to this. Uh, the She-Hulk show that is being produced by Disney Plus, yes, uh, <clears throat> has a label on it. It is now being labeled as a legal comedy, and w- w- which to me sounds an awful lot like uh, what was the Calista Flockhart show. Alley.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: feel? Yeah, thank you. Wasn't coming to me because I never watched it. Well, no, I retract that. I watched about three scenes and then went, "I don't like <laughs> it." Click. <laughs> don't do don't that don't now. Watch. She Hulk, uh, her alter ego Jennifer uh, Walters, I think it is, right, is a lawyer. So I get the legal aspect of it. Don't make it a legal comedy. That just sounds horrible. Yeah. I- yeah,
1: we'll see how far they take it as far as being a comedy. I if they take it in the direction of like WandaVision has a lot of comic moments, but it's not really a comedy. I can see that because they use Jennifer Walters as as uh, a comic relief in the comics sometimes. sometimes yeah, sometimes you know, and breaking the fourth wall kind of stuff a little bit, a little smidgen of Deadpool there, uh, not nearly to that extent though. So I could see if it's a Comedy, an action comedy, which would totally fit. I mean, all the Marvel movies, <clears throat> not including Infinity War, have their have their lighter moments for sure. But most of them have just hilarious bits. So if they're if they're picturing this as something like Thor Ragnarok, which could totally be described as a space opera comedy, I'm all aboard. Yeah, I just hope they don't go too far for sure, because it is odd that yeah. they're. Uh, Hopefully it's going to be lighter. And so that's why they're setting the tone. There's going to be a lot of humor in this one, which is fine. It would be great. Yeah. Hopefully they don't go overboard and make it useless. It would be very weird for Marvel to make a misstep, but certainly not impossible. No. Um, And that they made that move though, to give that label.
0: Got two other why's that have popped up this week in the news. Um, and they involve remakes. And I'm going to talk a lot on the second one. The first one, Liam Neeson is supposedly going to be playing Frank Drebin in a naked gun remake. <laughs> I gotta admit, I didn't care for the naked gun movies in the first place. So and, and Liam Neeson, when you if you do a movie like this, to me, it lowers everything you've done. Not to the, necessarily to this level, but Naked Gun was a, it was a, it was a stupid comedy.
1: Yeah, exactly, like Airplane.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I think the Naked Gun movies are really funny. I mean, I probably haven't watched any of them for ten years, but they're they're funny movies. I can get the casting of Liam Liam Neeson in it because he's done so much. He's done some great work, and lately he's been in in his own private hell of stupid action fl- flicks, which. You know, I mean, I'll grant Taken was was pretty good. But, you know, by the time you get to Taken 47, except this time it's on a subway or whatever the hell the latest thing he's done. Right. It's like, come on, give it a rest, dude. So I think this is a good move for him because he can do comedy. He can. He's very good at this. And so you're taking this guy, which people don't think of Leslie Nielsen as a serious actor. But he was a very serious actor until they went against type and they said, oh, let's have this extremely straight laced guy pop him an airplane and so then they saw oh he's got some comic chops so they're doing the same thing with Liam Neeson
0: um, very very straight man
1: yeah we'll see when we're not talking about his sexual orientation because I don't care how it goes no but you know we'll see it depends if whether it's funny or not I mean we know it's going to be stupid uh hello it's the nigga gun um if it's funny then it'll work and if it's got Crap writing, like the Ghostbusters reboot that they did with the female leads, which had nothing to do with the fact that it had female leads. It had to do oh, with a horrifically tor- terrible script. Um, then it'll be good. We'll see. <laughs> All this comes down to the script.
0: The other one, and I, I, I got to admit, I really do not want this. On March 17th, 2023. Warner Brothers has set a release date for Wonka, which is the prequel to either Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, depending on which one you wanted to look at. It talks about the previous life of, of Willy Wonka, and he, here's my, my main problem with it. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the, the more recent of the two and the one that's kind of crap, and I will get to that in just a moment, had all the prequel stuff you need in flashbacks that were kind of creepy and ugly and everything. Yeah. Um the difference this time being that they're looking at get one of two actors to play Willy Wonka. That would be either Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet. Which I think is overkill.
1: Yeah. Um and I, either one would be fine. I mean, I really like Tom Holland and Chalamet's is- quite good. He's certainly the flavor du jour for every project on the planet. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, we don't need a prequel. They, they just need money. So that's, that's what <laughs> they're going for. Um, yeah, that's kind of... Bef- before we move on to other topics, though, one more oh, bit, sure. of, bit of news that came out is that it could be that Zack Snyder's director's cut of Justice League will not be a f- Four part miniseries. It's going to be a four hour movie.
0: I've seen that and we, I, I was, gonna, I was kind of no waffling sense. as to whether or not to mention that in the show because they're waffling as to whether or not it's going to be the four part. I've seen, oh, it's definitely going to be. And then 10 minutes later, well, maybe not. Oh, no, it's going to be this, that, the, and all right, make up your mind. came out
1: from a tweet that he put, that Snyder himself put out said, no, this is a, this is a, this is going to be a one shot. He didn't say it's going to be a four-hour movie. He said it's going to be a one-shot, which personally I think you can interpret as saying this is the only justice cut thing I'm doing. I'm not doing another Justice League follow-up. It's a one-shot, as in it's a... That's what I got out of it. And that's what I got out of it. But the thing that's weird is that I haven't seen any clarification from HBO, Warner, anything. As in, no, he means...
0: Should I ask what that funky sound effect
1: was? Yes, that was an <clears throat> notification because I forgot to turn off my phone. Sorry. Uh-huh. So, that's an and, interesting. Like, what oh, the and actually, is your was house. Like, like, Okay, I guess she's listening to the show that is not being broadcast live. Anyway, so that's where the, the confusion really comes up from is like, because I took it as like he means it's the only movie. And a lot of people are thinking, oh, no, it's a four hour movie, and no one is clarifying this. Or they are, but they're clarifying it in different ways every 15 minutes, like you said. Like, How can you not know what you're going to do? I mean, doesn't it need kind of different editing if you're going to make it a four-part miniseries or a four-hour movie? And, and if you're actually considering making it a four-hour movie, oh, my God, you're even more stupid than to give him hundreds of millions of dollars to recut it. Who the hell is going to sit through a four-hour movie? That's not. Even, home. No, nobody, nobody is going to sit through a freaking four hour movie.
0: See, I don't know that they've done. I haven't seen a movie long enough to do this in the States. When I was in Germany, I did go see Return of the King, which had an intermission. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they <clears throat> do they do that in the States with longer movies. I haven't been to a longer movie in a while.
1: They did do it with the extended cuts of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. They kind of um, have to. The longest big commercial success I can think of—I mean, there have been longer movies. There are movies that are nine hours long and just oh, yeah. and stuff like that. John Holland you- checks in at just under four four hours, three hours and fifty-eight minutes, which I had to look up because I wasn't sure if it was just under or just over. And people sat through that with an intermission which is mind boggling to me because to me, it's not that good a film. Sorry. Um, it's a good movie. It's not a great movie, but for, no, not for Zack Snyder. Sorry. Oh. Four hours, dude. Well,
0: that was, admittedly, that's, it's going to be released at home. So you've got a pause button.
1: Yeah. Which is what's the point. Just, it, it makes zero sense when you can get people to sign up for a, Service that they're still not signing up for, even though it's free. If you have HBO, which is weird, that's not a plug. That's just as like, do a better job advertising your own product, idiots. And you can tie them in for a month. It's like, here's this episode next week. This episode is like, no, let's just do it. Maybe they just want to dump it. Maybe. I mean, that might be that's the only reason I can possibly think of them going to just it's a movie is because they want to dump it, which would be not really good news.
0: Because, or, although, mm, not yeah. unexpected news, because everything I've seen from it has been kind of, oh. Yeah. Not, yay! It's just kind of, oh, there it is.
1: I mean, I hope it's, I hope it's great. <coughs> it's not that I dislike Zack Snyder. I dislike, I distensely, and distensely? Yes, just I distensely? distensely, I distensely care for some
0: of his work,
1: because some of his work is atrociously bad. And I really, really like some of his other stuff. I really like Watchmen as in the movie, not the HBO release, which is much better. But I thought Watchmen was really good. Most people don't like Zack Snyder's take on Watchmen. I thought it was excellent. So not like I don't like I don't want success for the guy, but you need a better track record, buddy.
0: Well, he might get there someday, but hopefully with this, that would be awesome. Yeah, maybe it's going to come out and it'll surprise everybody and we'll go, ooh, I'm not holding my breath. Mm -hmm. As evidenced by the fact that I'm not blue, everything seems to be green on my side of the screen today. (laughs) Yes, it does. Just just saying. Anyway, did you want to go ahead and do you want to review a thing? Show up. Okay. I have no idea what you've got this week because we forgot to talk about that in pre-pro. Hi, Ted.
1: Hi, Ted. (laughs) I have a couple, I have a pair of remake sets. And you have a remake news, or not news, reviews, so.
0: I had the news. I've also got reviews, but I'll get to those in a minute.
1: Yes, you do. So we are talking about remakes because of the Wonka potential disaster or waste of time. And I'm going to start with and about remakes i mean we talk a lot about remakes and how hollywood is just trying to you know cash in on this like remakes are as old as the hills the wizard of oz 1939 is a remake uh doctor jekyll and mr hyde from 1932 is a remake uh a star is born from the 50s with judy garland was itself a remake which of course was remade two more times so this is a time honored tradition for hollywood i mean they just Rebel in (laughs) Reboot. Maltese Falcon is a remake. I mean...
0: They just added the word reboot because computers became popular and and they had a term that meant remake.
1: So this is hardly a new phenomenon in Hollywood. If something works once, they'll see if they can make it work again. And all too often, they're going about it the wrong way. You don't remake great films. You remake films that somehow either miss the target or miss their audience and see if you can get the audience the next time. Those are the movies you you remake. Uh, And I have an excellent example of that later. But first, I'm going to go with the classic Screw Up. So speaking of classic films, 1960, Alfred Hitchcock basically invented the slasher genre with Psycho. Uh, Ah, yes. One of the best suspense films ever. Absolutely a classic. And also... uh, caused the audience to completely lose their anchor because uh, the star spoiler alert for a film, which is now <clears throat> an incredible Jesus, 61 years old. Um, the star uh, dies. So, which basically Quickly. had never been done in a, in a certainly not in a major film. It was like, this is the person you identify with and has all the classic, Hitchcock things where a person actually does some things which aren't really good, but you're rooting for them because you like the person personally. And then it's like, oops, uh, what the hell happened to my movie? Uh, She's dead. And then it takes off from there. So in 1998, which at least is long enough to find a new audience, except uh, psycho doesn't need to find a new audience because it makes an incredibly well-known film back to my original point. You you don't remake classics that everybody knows Uh, Gus Van Zandt, an incredibly great director, decides to remake Psycho. And for the most part, does it shot for shot, which is another really weird thing to do. Typically, when you remake a film, you find a different hook. You find something new to work with in it. And about the only thing he found to work with that was different as he made the uh, character of Norman Bates uh, even more uh, disgusting and made him much less sympathetic, which is a huge problem, because you're supposed to sympathize with Norman Bates because he has this terrible relationship with his mother and he's obviously emotionally abused and he feels trapped. And yet, early on in the film, there's a scene where he he is in his office in the motel. And the actress is, in this case, played by Ann Hesh, which again, I'll, I'll get to the horrific casting choices in this film. That's one of the horrific casting choices. <laughs> Anne Hesh is a good actress by far, uh, but she is nowhere near the status of Janet Lee was back in 1960. Anne Hesh was not a major star in '98, and she's a competent actress, but. This movie is wrong on so many levels. So he's watching her as she gets ready to take a shower. Same thing in 1960. Difference is in 1998, uh, little Norman, who by the way is played by Vince Vaughn, going back to horrific casting choices, excellent actor, completely wrong for Norman Bates. And I'll get into that why he is clearly masturbating while he is watching her. So they dialed up the creep factor like to 11 early in the film. So how exactly are you supposed to identify with Norman Bates? Because you're supposed to, because that's part of the magic of psycho is you identify with the lead who committed a crime, but you feel sympathy for, and you identify with this poor guy who, who originally is Anthony Perkins, who is like trapped in this horrible relationship with his mom, can't get away and discovers this horrific murder. And oh, okay. this guy is like not only peering at the woman, but clearly like, oh, I think I'll I think I'll watch my guests. I'll put them in the special room so I can watch them get naked and I can pleasure myself. It's like super disgusting, super terrible choice, because now I can't sympathize with this guy. This guy's weird. Something's wrong with this guy. You're not supposed to think that this early in the film, dumbass. So what a terrific voice. And let's go let's go on with the casting and even further into the casting. So Julianne Moore plays the Vera Miles character. She's the sister who is looking for her disappeared sister. Uh, no problem with Julianne Moore. She plays it a little more aggressive than I would like. And again, that's direction and script. Uh, I think they went a little overboard with that. It, but it makes sense within the context of the of the of the story because yeah, of course she would be mad and aggressive. She comes to find the boyfriend, who in this film is played by Viggo Mortensen. Okay. Viggo Mortensen is terrific. Here's the problem. Viggo Mortensen should have been Norman Bates. Viggo Mortensen can play sensitive, uh, somewhat damaged. He can play. He has, he has a much broader palette and much better tool set than Vince Vaughn. And I like Vince Vaughn. But he's completely – he should have been the boyfriend. Because the boyfriend doesn't have a whole lot to do other than just kind of react and, well, I'll distract him and you go up to the house. I mean, he, there's not a lot for him to do. Vince Vaughn would have been great. Viggo Mortensen is completely freaking wasted in this film, being the okey doke guy. If he had been Norman Bates and if they had cut the ridiculous freaking masturbation scene, this movie could have been much, much better. But instead, it's just like, I mean, literally, this is the best example I can think of, of the terrible practice of a paint-by-numbers remake. It's like, oh, let's look what, look what they did. Let's do it the same way, except without the artistry. And it looks exactly like one of those freaking paint-by-numbers things that you got when you were a kid. And you hold it up and it's like, yep, that looks just like Mango. go. It's like, no, it doesn't. It looks like a gross representation that never should have been done, except <laughs> by maybe like a... 12-year-old. And that's basically what this is. This is if a 12-year-old did Psycho, a not very bright one at that. Which is shocking because Gus Van Zandt is a terrific director. And this movie is just crap.
0: I get get the feeling that this was a studio idea.
1: (laughs) Absolutely had to be. And just... And again, why... Just re-release the damn thing. You want to make money? Re-release one of the best films of its kind ever made. It's like, if you have to be stupid and colorize it because people won't see black and white movies, do that. Well, you well, wouldn't able to because they wouldn't, they wouldn't allow it. But, you know... This
0: was about the time that Sin City came out and that was black and white.
1: Yeah. You know, if this is just... This is absolutely one of the worst remakes because it's not a good movie to begin with. If this was released with, with no previous, if this was the first iteration of Psycho, it would be like, eh, it was Okay. But in comparison, it's like it's horrifically bad. I mean, they, there's very little they did right, which is astounding, since they followed the freaking script like 90%. Absolutely stunning. There, there's just there's no suspense. Uh, and I'm not talking because, well, you know the story. It's like the, cycle, the original cycle still works for me. And, yeah, I've only seen it like probably 25 times. So it's not a matter of I know what's going to happen. It's how horrifically they tell the story of what happens and how clearly there's something really, really wrong with Norman Bates very early on. It's a bad, bad performance. I mean, I really can't think of a good performance in the film, which is stunning, because Gus Van Zandt, again, he's an excellent director. Every actor in here, I mean, I don't particularly care for Anne Hesh, but she's a competent actress. Vince Vaughn is a very good actor. Julianne Moore, I actually don't care for her that much. Very good actress. Viggo Mortensen is terrific. And it's just, he has nothing to do. Really, really classic example of the remakes you do not make.
0: Well, actually, I think I've got another one. I, I know going you do. To, <laughs> I know going you back do. to Willy Wonka. <clears throat> because the, the original movie, now I've heard that it, you know, it's based on a Roald Dahl. I keep wanting to call it, say, Ronald. Because Roald is missing a letter. He is. Roald Dahl book. And I've heard that Charlie, the Charlie. Dahl uh, family has looked at the original movie with Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka and said that's not the way it was in the book. Which is true. It's not. It, it's not. But you know what? It still worked. It does. Um, you know, <clears throat> a majority of the premise is there. And sometimes... Maybe you should just let it go. Because if somehow you've missed the story of this, uh, Willy Wonka is a guy who runs a candy factory that no one is allowed into. And there's a lot of secrets that go beyond this. But he's put out five golden tickets into Wonka bars. And if you find a golden ticket, you get to you and a family member or whatever get to tour the Willy Wonka factory, and there's a grand prize at the end of it, but no one knows what it is, unless you know you think, and then you go, Oh, I get that. And the five people who win the tickets are Snobby Kid, Snobby Kid, Snobby Kid, Snobby Kid, and Charlie. Um, you know, the <clears throat> four of the five kids are just horrible people with horrible parents that get to go into this factory. Yeah. And Charlie and his grandpa, who had, I, I never really understood what was de- the deal with the grandpa. He'd been in bed for 20 years, question mark, but we got a golden ticket and look, boing, boing, boing. I'm doing a dance number around the <laughs> bedroom kitchen, small hovel that they live in. Yes. Uh, Cause they're a very, very poor family. Fine. family. Anyway, the, uh, bizarre things happened in the chocolate factory. Um, One kid eats some gum and turns into a blueberry. It's one of those things that you have to watch. And I'm going to recommend watching the original version. Um, Because while it is a a family-friendly movie, there's also some horror bits to it. Because that thing on the boat freaked me the hell out when I first saw this movie. Yes. Back in 1970-something. There's comedy, there's horror, there's family stuff there's morals it's a good real it's a classic movie at this point i think um with a bunch of actors actually i don't apart from gene wilder i don't think anyone was a big actor um roy kinnear was in it but he was he's never i don't know that he's led in anything Nora denny was in it and she's always been a a secondary actress not a lead actress and i'm not knocking any of these people there's really good actors and stuff
1: yeah Jack Albertson is the grandpa, but he's always, like, yeah. a secondary guy.
0: But he's uh, great. So, yeah, watch the original. And then, <laughs> oh, dear. When did this come out, anyway? 2005. This Tim then, Burton, then don't who watch. is normally a, a, a reasonably good, if not crack-laden um, director, his stuff is weird a lot. Yes. Uh, decided to remake nice. this, not entirely shot for shot.
1: And by a lot, you mean all
0: the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I do. It's, it's wow. Um, decided to remake it in his vision, which uh, the, the doll family has said, it's closer to the book. And I'm like, I don't want to read the book now. <laughs> because if this is closer, this movie, this movie got weird.
1: I guess um, it is closer to the book,
0: but
1: yeah, go
0: Go right ahead. <laughs> you've got uh, You've got some bigger name actors. You've got Anna Sophia Robb is in this. Christopher Lee is in this. Helena Bonham Carter is married to Tim Burton, so of course she's in this. Not that she wouldn't be in it on her own anyway. She's a very good actress, anyway. Uh, Freddie Highmore plays Charlie Bucket. But the worst bit of casting in this, and I'm going to explain why, is Johnny Depp as Willy Wonka. Because Johnny Depp does not play Willy Wonka in the movie. Johnny Depp plays Mike Myers playing Willy Wonka in this movie. (laughs) They didn't... To me, it, it just looks like they did not want Johnny Depp. They got Johnny Depp because he's a bigger name. But they wanted Mike Myers to play Willy Wonka because, my God, they even turned him into Mike Myers. At no point in this movie can you look at this guy and go, oh, that's Johnny Depp playing Willy Wonka. No, you go, that's that's Mike Myers. I thought Johnny Depp was in this film and he's just not. Um, All of the stuff that was in the first movie that was questionably creepy where you look at it and go, was that a creepy thing? And you kind of go, uh, it was kind of a creepy thing, the way they seem to have killed off that child. They didn't kill anybody. But in in this one, you kind of go, no, that was creepier. Um, the so- Well, I, okay, the songs are, of course, going to be creepier because uh, Burton brought in Danny Elfman. I love Danny Elfman. I really do. But most of his music, when you get into the musical scores... That he's done. Not his oingo boingo stuff. That's, that's more fun. Yes. You get into his musical scores. And they're all creepy. So of course the music in this. Is creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy I feel sorry for in this movie. Is a, an actor who goes by the name of Deep Roy. That might be his real name. I don't know. He played all of the Oompa Loompas. Yes. Now, before the Oompa Loompas were played by, I think it was six or seven, I don't know the politically correct term for little people these days.
1: They were little people.
0: Little people. Deep Roy qualifies, but they made him even smaller and had him him play like, what, seven or eight hundred Oompa Loompas at a time. Now, a lot of it's digital effects. I get that. But the songs the Oompa Loompas did in this movie just did not work as well no and at the end of this movie you you kind of leave the theater or turn off your DVD player or whatever and kind of go why did you do this because <laughs> it's it's not as good it's not as fun it's an exercise in money grabbing as yep. near as I can tell that's all there is to it You 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 seem to have a comment what is it
1: no, I completely agree. Uh, it's, okay. And that's the key. It's not really fun. It is more accurate to the book, but it's still somehow Lewis's, because Roald Dahl's work is always really, really dark. But there, there always has like this light heart inside it. And this movie doesn't have that. Its and heart you... was
0: removed and replaced with a rock. Yeah. Not the Which... rock. That would have made it fun.
1: Would have made it fun, yeah. And Johnny Depp's performance is completely—I mean, he he does odd performances, obviously, deliberately. And Tim Burton asks for odd performances deliberately, but this one was odd. Like in, why did you guys make these choices? Because he comes off hey, as Corbin such a character. Voice. Yeah, and, and totally. I mean, it's like he's channeling Martin Myers, but it's also he's so damaged. It's like it's painful to watch. It's not fun to watch at all. This is a bad, bad movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it somehow the, the estate, the family forgot that it, it's in the end, it's still a fun story. It's a there's a heart to it and there's no heart to this version. And it's not fun. It's like this is just a bad, bad, and especially since it's supposed to be a family film and supposed to be good for kids. It's like no, it's not. No, it's not. Not at all. <laughs> completely missed missed the mark on this one.
0: I and I don't I don't know why they they had the talent to do a good movie. Oh yeah, and didn't
1: so. I, I think I think they completely misinterpreted the book. And they went for the weirdness, and they went for the darkness, and they lost the sight of oh, there's some soul to it. <laughs> it's like yeah uh, didn't read it right. <laughs> Basically, is what happened.
0: We've only got four of the Infinity Gems. Why is the glove not working? That kind of thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they only had the glove. I don't think they had any of the Infinity Gems for this movie. No. I mean, this might be. This might be both of them. This might be uh, Burton and. And Mr. Depp's worst movie for both. I mean, not not in just in collaboration, but period, because it's bad. It
0: is bad, bad, bad. And, uh, and yeah, I can't anybody in this movie where you go, oh, this is the best performance by that actor. That would be sad. <laughs> that
1: would be very sad. Oh, poor you. Well, I want <laughs> to turn. You've the...
0: got something good to finish the show
1: with. Yes, I do. I want to turn to the light to some extent, although it's 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 a horror. F- a set of horror films, but this is a case where you you remake a film that didn't quite work, whether it didn't work itself or didn't find the audience and you make it better. So this is based on a George Romero, which some people think of as a George Romero classic. No, it's not night of the living dead. It's the crazies, which came, which he put out five years after night of the living dead. This came out in 1973 and Mr. Romero directed it and wrote uh, wrote the screenplay for it. And it is similar to Night of the Living Dead in that it has to do with the release of some sort of a toxin which causes bad reactions with people. Uh, although in this case, the people are alive. They're not dead like they were in Night of the Living Dead. So... Some plane crashes, it has some experimental military gas, whatever, and gets into the water supply. And it makes people crazy, hence the name, The Crazies. So the military tries to come in and they try to lock it down because people are going crazy and they're killing people. And it's the conflict between the military who are trying to do the right thing. And then it winds up escalating and some of the military kind of go crazy themselves, not because they're infected, just because they're being jerks. And they're killing people just because, oh, look, this is kind of fun to kill people. So it becomes a conflict between the townspeople, some of them, a few of them who are not infected and they're trying to escape and they're trying to fight off the military at the same time. So it's a conflict between them and the military and the military is alternately not good people and incompetent. So there's the story. Uh, Didn't make a whole lot of money when it came out. Like I don't have the box office numbers in front of me, but definitely not. Really, a successful film. Although, very low budget. I guarantee you it probably made 10 times its budget, maybe a 100 times, because that's what Merle really specialized in. But not that well remembered, other than like aficionados. But frankly, uh, compared to Neither the Living Dead, this movie's not good. Uh, an, an, another very under known, lesser known cast, uh, and for good reason, because nobody in this movie can act. All the acting is bad. Um, the yeah, it's OK. But clearly, this is the kind of film that you that has an interesting premise, has an interesting story. Wow. If you do the right things with it, you can make a good film, which in 2010
0: they did. I found the from, I found the box office if you want it. Yeah. What was it <clears throat> from 1973? A budget of two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Yep. A box office take of one hundred and forty three thousand seven hundred and eighty four
1: dollars. actually lost money. I'm not I'm I'm About shocked to lose money, but I'm not that surprised that this film lost money because it's not a good movie. Uh, the, the fact that anybody looks fondly on this movie is just kind of surprising to me because n- my thought is they remember seeing it. Uh, 20 or 30 years ago and they're only remembering yeah that was a cool story instead of remembering that's not well told because that's the issue it's it's not a good movie at all well 2010 they remade it and with a good cast rada mitchell who is probably pretty well known to sci-fi aficionados as in the lead in silent hill um timothy timothy oliphant is the lead dude. Uh, so same premise, except this time they actually have a coherent script. They actually have excellent acting. And again, it's the, the couple in this case, Timothy Olyphant and Rada Mitchell, they are not infected and they're trying to survive and they're trying to figure out how this happened. And it plays out much better in how this progresses. Um, uh, in this case, and they made some key changes of, uh, Rada Mitchell is a competent doctor and her husband is the local sheriff, Timothy Oliphant. So they have reasons to be key players instead of just regular folk. And someone goes, one person goes crazy at a ball game. And this happens very early on. Oliphant has to take uh, action to prevent him from doing some horrific damage. And it goes on from there. And then the military gets stepped in, steps in and the military is set up as more doing their job because after all, they do want to contain this outbreak. They don't want anyone who could be infected to leave and then go to another area and infect them. And then before you know it, Oh, look, it's like COVID-19 except you go nuts and kill people when you get infected instead of get sick. So the military is more sympathetic in, in this version of it. Uh, they're still more or less the antagonists, because after all, they are trying to stop our, our heroes, but there are much more suspenseful set pieces in this than there were in the first. Uh, again, it helps to have actors who can deliver lines, believably, instead of like, I just read that off the cue card. Did I get that right? So uh, <laughs> a huge improvement. Um, surprisingly, like an IMDb it has better ratings. On IMDb has better ratings on Metacritic, but not significantly. So And this movie is, I don't know, four or five times better than the original. Um, It's not like one of the greatest horror thrillers ever, but it's a really good horror thriller. And again, this one kind of flew under the radar, so I wouldn't be surprised if they remake this story again. But they don't need to, because the 2010 version of The Crazies is exactly what a remake is supposed to do. Take Take a story that failed, in this case, both... Financially and just in the performance itself and redo it and do it right. So the crazies 2010 is exactly what remakes should be. Take film. That's not that well-known that didn't succeed, fix the things that were wrong. And you've got a great movie.
0: Do decent special effects. I mean, I I get it. If you want to remake a movie for, for that, because if you have like a, a massive, Jump in special effects,
1: man. That's a good reason too, for sure.
0: I, I, I can get that.
1: Oh, well, that's okay. one of the few things they got right in the nineteen seventy three version of Crazies. That the effects are are fine. It's about the only thing that's done right. It's done right in that film. Oh, it's geez. not a good movie.
0: Yeah, but,
1: but if you were. Let's say you're looking through your queue, and you have the remake of Psycho and the original Crazies. Which should I watch? Watch the original Crazies, because it's better. Because
0: you haven't watched it yet.
1: <clears throat> and it's not a good movie, but it's better than the Psycho remake.
0: See? There we go. We, we still have all that COVID crap going on outside, and we've given you stuff not to watch. Sorry about that. But we do have one good thing to watch, and I'm going to let you know that the crazies, which uh oh, I just saw it here somewhere. Where was it? Uh it's on Pluto TV, which is free. Free, free,
1: free. So it's also on Amazon Prime. So if you already have Prime, it's available on Amazon Prime. See, there you go. But
0: we've two ways to watch it. Giving you some stuff to watch, some stuff to avoid and some stuff to rewatch cuz i know you've watched charlie and the chocolate factory before but you've watched it with willy wonka so there anyway
1: <laughs> exactly
0: you know yeah, the, you have uh, to watch
1: willy wonka for god's sakes please watch that
0: absolutely so or the original psycho so there stuff to watch stay home cuz covid still exists and that 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 sucks i'm tired of it but if you get the opportunity to do the vaccine do the vaccine cuz then you won't get it Ta-da! What a concept. Otherwise, stay home and watch a movie.
1: Captain, we're losing power in the warp engine.
0: I think we should be leaving now. I'm
1: going to go home and sleep with my wife.
0: Uh, And on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed! Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And
1: like that, he's gone.